We're back to preview a brand new circuit for the F2 and F3 calendar. Welcome to episode seven of Formula Talk, where we're here to preview about the Australian Grand Prix that is brand new, as mentioned, both for the F2 and F3 calendar this season. We'll also be discussing F1 Academy a little bit more in detail as well about who the drivers are and a bit about the calendar and how it's going to be structured. My name is Sophia and joining with me for the first Formula Talk debut, Hi, George. <laughs> <laughs> Good evening, Sophia. Thank you for having me on. I'm, I've been really impressed with what you and Tom have been doing so far, so I'm more than happy to uh, to fill in for Tom this week. Oh, I'm so excited. I mean, Tom was meant to come join as well, but unfortunately other circumstances have come around. So I'm so happy you're here joining me as co-hosting for today's episode. Really excited. But first, we must also thank our sponsor for this episode, Bet Online. <laughs> Bet Online remains your number one source for all your college basketball betting this season. Get analysis of every play, prop, and point at Bet Online. You'll find the latest odds, brackets, contests, team matchups, and game trends at Bet Online. Updated odds for everything from live games to conference championship, right through the Final Four and championship game. Bet Online is your college basketball headquarters this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use our promo BLEAV, that is B-L-E-A-V, um, to receive your bonus. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Now let's get into it. So Australia, never raced before. This is going to be probably the best indicator on how skill and raw talent will be, especially for the rookies in both F2 and F3, more so F3, because obviously they're even more of a rookie compared to obviously F2, but it's a whole new ball game for it. What do you think? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I was very surprised, but also very happy when I saw that Australia was going to make its debut in F2 and F3. I mean, it's a championship that normally centres around Europe and the Middle East. So to go all the way out to Australia this year, it's a big change for him. And obviously, yeah. It's a track that none of, well, only a few of the drivers may have raced on. Maybe some of the Aussies and the Kiwis may have, have raced around it at some point, but even those guys, they won't know it too well. So it's a, it's a very challenging circuit for these guys. It's going to be quite green as well. It's going to be in a street circuit. And it's not used that often outside of, uh, outside of the F1 weekend. So it's going to be a big challenge for them. It's a, it's a blank slate for even the veterans like uh, Ralph Boschong and, and Roy Nassani, like we've mentioned before. Um, you know, So I'm, ve- I'm very excited to see how they get on this weekend. Yeah, I think... I think reading some articles, I think the only person that's been kind of the more slightly consistent that would be having access to the track is Tommy Smith. He's only raced in Australia and he races in F3. He's a rookie. He started karting in Australia pretty much uh, was his uh, career before going into F3. But there's a lot of Aussies and Kiwis on both F2 and F3. So it'll be nice also to have a home race with them because there's so many of these drivers who are European and they have opportunities to go for their home races or even second home races. So it, it's nice. I I can't imagine the travel plan for it, but I mean, they have a big break afterwards. Um, the next one for F2 is Baku. So it's a month and then even longer than that for F3 because they're not racing in Baku this year because of the sprint race in F1. But Let's kind of get into a little bit of some of the nitty gritty statistics and some of the details and also when the times will be in the UK for these races. My coffee, I've ordered so much coffee for this weekend, so I am running 
oh, it's going to be absolutely crazy, especially balancing a nine to five on top of that. So similar to F1, the circuit length is 5.278 kilometers. As mentioned, it's the first time it's been held here. So we don't have a fastest lap at the moment. The sprint race will be 23 laps, and then the feature race will be 33 laps. So as always, sprint race will take place on Saturday morning. Might be a little bit different because of the time zone. And then Sunday, as usual, will be the feature. However, because it's in Australia and the time difference... It's a bit crazy. Um, so for F2, the first, the only free practice that will take place will be at midnight on Friday. Um, fun. <laughs> I mean, we should we shouldn't be complaining, should we? Really? I, mean, I know we have, we have a lot of Twice. Australian and yeah. uh, New Zealander um, subscribers to our podcast. I know they, they get this for 22, 21 races of the season, so we really shouldn't be complaining here. This yeah. is a small slice of what they have to put up with all year round. But oh. yes, you are right. It is it's bad enough for the F one, but for the F two and F three in Europe, it, I must admit, I'm a, I'm a dedicated fan, but I think I'll be watching the highlights on YouTube personally. I don't think I'll be tuning in live. But to the guys who are tuning in live, fair play to you. All power to you. I think it's going to be a testament, like, because I'm so fortunate with um, working with Good Talk, I'm able to sit in the press conferences for F2 and F3 drivers. So I want to get in as well, because I know a lot of people that sit in these press conferences are European. So it's going to be interesting to see real testament of how determined we are to sit in these ones it's yeah i maybe i might miss i might miss qualifying which for f2 takes place at 7 30 in the morning i might be able to watch that but on a friday but f2 free practice no i don't think so (laughs) on a yeah especially when the nine to five as well on a friday i think i'm all right (laughs) um Following from that is the sprint race. That is on Saturday at 4.20 in the morning. And then on... <laughs> can't say that with a straight face. Um, <laughs> and then on Sunday, the feature race is at 2.35 a.m. So very, very early morning. So if you're a very uh, morning person, maybe this might be a great track. But I don't know how these fans... Like Jared from um, Good Talk, obviously, like... Um, living in Australia and watching and everything, like I could not. I I kicked off about Japan for F one only, and the time for that. So, yeah, prop, props to everybody that lives on that side of the world to <clears throat> wake up and watch it at these times. So predictions, what do you think for F two? Who who you got your money on potentially? Well, my pick at the start of the season to do really well was uh, Teo Porsche. You know, it's his third season, I think, in F2. He's a supremely challenged driver. He's still very young. I think he's only like 19 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, he had a very disappointing weekend in Jeddah. Um, didn't pick up points in either race after a sh- relatively strong start at Bahrain. So I was, if I was going to pick anybody up for, you know, pick anybody to win or do well in Australia, it's probably him. Obviously, you can't. You can't leave out Jack doing though the home hero, the favourite. I think he's another sh- strong contender for the title this year, despite not the best start. But you get to get a podium in Jeddah in the second race there. So if I had to pick two, I'd probably say those two. Um, and you never know, Arthur Leclerc. You know how good his brother Charles is around uh, around circuits like Monaco in qualifying, at least. Um, so you you never know. He's always a, he's an always an outside bet as well, in my opinion. 
Yeah, I mean, with Formula 2 and Formula 3 as well, it's so unpredictable. You don't know. Like, having previous episodes with Tom, we were talking about our predictions that we've made from both Bahrain and Jeddah. What I was way off. Tom was actually quite <laughs> okay with his prediction for Jeddah. I think he got two of the podiums correctly, uh, but reversed order. So... It was fine, but I 100% agree with uh, Taylor Porcher. I also think his teammate, Victor Marsans, could also come into play mm-hmm. as well, given that he took pole um, in Jeddah, and he is quite fast. Like The ART car has been quite a good car so far this season, consistently for the first couple, four races, two rounds. Um, yeah, I mean, Jack Dune would be lovely to see. Like Also, so great, like you said, hometown hero. His dad, Mick, always watches the races, an absolute legend in his field in most sport career as well. Uh, I think that would be quite cool. But yeah, you don't know because it's all new. Like looking at, there's no stats to look at, which is killing me because <laughs> I love my stats and I love my statistics and I love my curses and probability. And this is so up in the air. I mean, I always say this person in all my episodes, say Maloney, I'm always backing him, given <laughs> coming from the Caribbean. Well, I'm not Caribbean, but I'm an island. I'm an island. I'm gonna guy. I'm gonna say Bermuda is not in the Caribbean. I have not I no, but uh, I know the, the island mentality, you know, yes. you stick together. <laughs> yes, I'm coming from a small island and everything. I think I will always back this uh Zane. So I hope he can get a podium or uh take pole position i think that'll be great especially as a rookie and with the connections that he has with red bull being a red bull junior driver being a reserve driver for red bull as well i think it'll be real i would love to see some podiums from him this season 100 so maybe mm. it could be australia but yeah so looking into formula three again very similar to how it structure is in um f2 and f1 however sprint race will be 20 laps and then the feature race will be only 23 so a bit less, but obviously there's more cars on track. That's mm. I'm fearful for. You got 30 32, 33, 33. Yeah. I think it's 30, something like that, but there's a yeah. lot, isn't there? A lot more than F1. <laughs> yeah. And F2. I think it's going to be crazy. I <laughs> I mean bold prediction off the top of my head straight away. Like I think it'll just be like absolute carnage um <laughs> i oh god yeah um yeah I, I think there's gonna be at least a few safety cars and maybe a few red flags i would say maybe about five dnfs as well that could be my bold prediction um but the timings for it will be slightly the same as f2 but they raced before f3 uh f2 so their free practice is actually at 10 45 p.m on thursday so i might watch that might be interesting to see um qualifying 4 a.m on friday so yeah 4 a.m on friday <laughs> no <laughs> that's a no for me <laughs> yeah <laughs> not not doing that not doing that <laughs> no nope. Uh, sprints at 12.45 a.m. I might be up if I decide to go out and I'll just be like out in a pub watching it on my phone, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then the feature race on Sunday is at 12.05 a.m. And again, That's, yeah, if I'm out, maybe. <laughs> but I don't, I rarely go out, especially when it's an F1 weekend. So 
<laughs> God, that, that, the, only, the only thing I can liken that to is I think I might I've may have mentioned it on the show before. I've definitely mentioned it in our in our Slack chats. It's when because the Japanese Grand Prix is normally on on my birthday weekend. So what I used to do as a student used to used to have a party, then go out and then come back, and I just, just watched the Japanese Grand Prix absolutely steaming, just having a having a pizza or something. <laughs> you know, I, it, the the time the timings for this weekend for F two and F three are. Uh, I mean, I'm sure some people complain about them being on too early. Uh, usually for European rounds, being on at like eight or nine yes. o'clock, but it's it's nothing compared to this weekend. Um, but. On the flip side, it opens it up to a whole other audience that wouldn't really have a chance to watch these kinds of races because they'd be, you know, they'd be in unsociable hours, really. So, mm. things are roundabouts, I suppose, but we're, we are definitely on, um, we're definitely getting the worst start this weekend. <laughs> yeah. I mean, most of the weekends, I think I work from about like 7 a.m., I think, to start prepping for watching F2 and F3 and getting ready for press conferences and everything. So, it's a couple hours early, but that makes a big difference, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially for me. Like, I am not a morning person anymore. I make nine. I roll out of bed at 8.45 or 8.50 because I work <laughs> from home. Like, <laughs> And then I have two coffees minimum before I actually have anybody come at me with any kind of work to do. I just need to <laughs> mm. wake up <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, in terms of drivers for F3, anybody that might... I'm I'm gonna say Gregor Sarsi always as well, given that ah. he is quite good and he's done well <laughs> so far this season. Um, I think he's gonna be just one of the consistent people that I'll have on podium. Um, but I I'm not sure about anybody else really off the top of my head that has stand out so far that could have a good opportunity. Yeah, it, it's fair. It's very early days in the day. We've only had two races in in F three, both from Bahrain, and like you said before, we don't have any previous data to go on when it comes to this circuit for F three. They've never done it before. It, it it's hard to tell, really. Um, I mean, for for purely nostalgia reasons, I want to see Seb Montoya do well. Uh, he he did all right in his first two weekends, but uh, I believe he's a rookie like most of the field are. Yep. So to you know, it, it's a difficult one. Um. It really is tough to say who's going to do well this weekend. Uh, I mean, like like I said before, from from the from the home perspective, obviously Hugh Barter, he's he's Australian, and you mentioned Tommy Smith. He did not pull up any trees at all in Bahrain, but he does know this circuit, so maybe he could do well. But we don't know. A bit like you said before, um, you know, safety cars and red flags are a definite possibility. I mean, you've got a got a field mostly full of teenage boys all going at each other, basically. So experience is not their strong suit and around a track that is brand new to pretty much all of them uh mistakes will be made i think that's pretty much certain yeah a hundred percent like um yeah like i said it'll be nice to see tommy smith or hugh um to kind of do well but you just don't know because it's been quite all over the place and again we've only had one round so um with the f3 calendar being quite limited compared to f2 we don't really have a lot. You just have to rely on who are not the rookies. So Caleb Frederick, Franco Colapinto, um, Zach O'Sullivan, Kyle Collette, Raphael Villagomez, even though he didn't have the best uh, one last last round. Who else? Ida Cohen, Hunter Yini, like the, Giuseppe Marti. Uh, Giuseppe could have a decent one for Campos, but you just don't know. I'm really excited. I just... I might do the highlights. I uh, I'm trying to like be positive that I will wake up at these times and set my ten alarms on my phone to be waking <laughs> up in time for it. But I'm, I'm very 
not optimistic now that I'm like speaking about it out loud about <laughs> the times and having to be up at like 2 a.m. midnight. So <laughs> it'll be interesting for sure. <laughs> um, any bold predictions for either F2 or F3? I mean, let, let's. I mean, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, um, I'll double down on what you said before about the F three. I'm gonna go at least. I'm gonna go with one of those races to have ten DNFs of any description. Right, that's, that's quite a lot. That's quite a lot. I know that I'm saying that the F three. Um, on the F two side of things, I mean, yeah, I mean, Martins, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a shout, and he'd be a pretty bold prediction. He's a, uh, you know, he's he's got a podium twice in the two finishes he's had this season, so. He's definitely one who has potential for that. Um, but going off of going off of results and stuff, um, I mean, he's already he's already had he's already had a point. But I want to see Wamal career do well. You know, obviously we know what he's been through. Longtime viewers of uh, Grid Talk have you know we 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 covered the weekend. Uh, obviously, we didn't cover F two. We did give a mention, of course, to the weekend when Antoine Oberg tragically lost his life and. Uh, career was very seriously hurt in an accident and I would I would love to see him you know it's great seeing him back in F2 but I'd love to get him you know see him get a strong finish or maybe even a podium that would be one of my feel-good results of the year because you know he's been relatively to hell and back and you know to have him back in F2 I think is brilliant so and another American driver as well so you know I'd like to see that personally I mean 100% I yeah, I love to see him come back. He's come back so strong. Even in F3 last season, he didn't have the best season, but he did quite well consistently. And Van Amsport is actually not a bad team to have racing under. So with the new um, sponsors and new ownerships that came into place last season. So we'll see, hopefully. I mean, my bold. I think I want a hometown driver on either the F2 or F3 podium. That's one bold. So either or. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it will be rookies both taking pole positions in F2 and F3. Ooh, I like that. I like that. I mean, in a way, the inexperience of them, it's going to be less because they're all on an even even keel, even playing field. So I can see logic behind that. Yeah. And they're ready to take risks as well because they don't know anything different. Whereas a lot of these older drivers, I say older, they're younger than me, most of them. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think oh, who's the, I think Jay Han is older than me just by a, a couple months. And I think Roy Nassani is the only other one who's, oh, and uh, Ralph Washam. Those are the three drivers in F2 that are older than me. Everybody else in like F3 is much younger than me. Um, so I say kid, I say younger. Um <laughs> But I think because they have more experience for it, they kind of know they don't want to push too hard. And also they've been in F2 for ages and they want to get into the F1. They want to get more higher up in their career. So they're not going to put their foot in the wrong place and do risky moves, um, which makes sense. But at the same time, it makes it a little bit boring sometimes on the on the track for <laughs> some of these battles. But yeah, so that's the... That was almost close. So that is the F2 and F3 preview for Australia. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited. It's going to be interesting. And obviously F1 will be quite interesting. And obviously we will cover that in Grid Talk with, we already have the preview out, which is, you can find it on Spotify and on YouTube. And then we'll have the qualifying and race results um, episodes on this weekend as well, which will be live on Facebook. 
So let's look at F1 Academy. Tom and I have mentioned it a bit. We've not gone into too much detail because at the time there was a lot of information that we were a little bit unsure of. But we have the whole grid confirmed now. And some names, and we'll discuss, um, are XW Series drivers. You have some endurance uh, drivers and some F4 regional drivers. But it's a, I would say it's a big mix of non-W Series or like, or even F3 kind of testing. I think only a handful of them have done F3 testing through W Series. So it's going to be interesting. However, looking at the race calendar, every single race is the same time as F1 or F2 race weekends. Uh, and they're not racing at the same location. No, that they're not. That was a big surprise to me. And I've just looked at the calendar now as well. And yeah, um, all the circuits apart from uh, Valencia are used by F1. Oh, sorry, yeah. Paul Ricard's not anymore. That's off the calendar, but very recently was. Um, so yeah, I mean, they've they've gone with mostly F1 circuits. Um, but for some reason, like you said, that I didn't realise that. That is a terrible decision. That's going to kill their viewing figures. Um, we want we want to we we want to you know. Uh, encourage these women you know we want to give these women a platform and yes obviously we are giving them a platform of this series but to have them compete at the same time as f1 i mean you would have to be a very dedicated f1 academy fan a series that did not exist last year i mean yes obviously we had w series essentially the same thing but you'd have to be an extremely dedicated fan to watch it live or even at all i mean people have only got so many hours in the day to spend to watch motorsport um that is a baffling decision and Sky's not even said if they are the viewing for the UK listeners. Sky's not said if they are going to be showing it as well. So if it's the same time as F2 and F3, they have priority. Because um, I've said this on multiple other podcasts, when W Series was on Channel 4, even W Series was on Sky, if there was even more so on Channel 4, if there was something classified more important, W Series coverage got cut on channel four and it swapped to like the news or another sporting event. Like it was just really bad planning. And yes, they're supporting some really cool uh, races, i.e. the uh, Durant championship in Monza. And obviously their final race round seven will be in Austin supporting uh, F1. They're working with Freca as well for um, Barcelona, but some of the other ones that they're supporting, even though I'm big in motorsport, I don't recognize some of these like, the NASCAR Wheel Euro Series P9 Challenge or the Dutch Masters, like, it's just not as well planned. And we didn't even know about this. Like, they announced it back in, like, October, but then we only started uncovering information in the last month or two. Their first race is in, like, like actually a month today, their first race, April 28th. And we've only just got a grid confirmed we still understanding, not understanding what the like a bit of the structure is, how it's going to be covered. We know the points in a bit of it, but they also haven't done testing. There is no testing as well. So everybody's going into it blind, effectively. Um, I mean, I'm I'm just going to look it up now. I mean, that P9 challenge doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. Yeah. Um, I mean, which is a very bad sign. Yeah, I mean, even the Paul Ricard one is not even supporting anything. 
which is, uh, but even these drivers, some of these female drivers, there's four out of the 16 that have no background, according to Wikipedia. They have probably, like, obviously we've seen it from F1 Academy discussing it, but um, just because we can get more information via Wikipedia, some of it's quite interesting. But I know for, like, Bianca Basmente, who's racing for Prema, she's been racing with Prema in regional F4 regional for the Middle East. So she's had some connection with that and knows the car and the team very well. Um, same with Jessica Edgar and Abby pulling with curling British team, British background, but some of these are just kind of it. it I'm hopeful. And I hate to be quite negative about this, but because there's been so much pressure on female sport and how W series ended very abruptly. And even W Series and the structure of W Series take Jamie Chadwick won every single season and couldn't even get an F3 seat. So she's had to go to IndyCar, which is not even F1 accredited racing. It, it's... I, I, I just have no words. I hope it's going to be great, but I know for this season they've just not properly planned it well. I, I don't think so at all. No, there's a, it's really bad signs, and like you said, um, with Jamie Chadwick as well. If if she's moved away, if the if the the female equivalent of Lewis Hamilton cannot get a formula, not even an F two drive, and not a formula three drive, no respect to the formula three field, but Jamie Chadwick's a three time champion in W series or whatever it was, just absolutely just dominated the whole series for this entire run. Would have won four championships if they ran one in twenty twenty, most likely. Um, it's just an absolutely baffling decision. I was so disappointed when I heard that W Series was was going. Yes, I know it it was apparently not profitable and all this and that. But at the same time, you think about the amount of money that teams are pumping into F1, that, that you know, the FIA are giving out in prize money. It's an absolute... It's an absolute tiny amount that they could have used just to prop up W Series. And eventually it could have become profitable. But more importantly than that, it's a platform. And you know exactly what it is. The W Series, the Women's Series, the Female Series. It makes sense. Formula Academy. I mean, that that, that sounds more like a like a football thing or something. You know, I, I, I don't know. Training teams. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like you wouldn't look at that. And think, oh, yeah, that's obviously the all-female series, the Academy. No, there's no indication at all of that. Um, so yeah, it, they've, they've swapped out one series for another. The only difference is now it has zero recognition. It's from going off what we've just said. It it seems pretty poorly organised as well. So I really hope it's a success as well. I really do. But like you, I am I am very pessimistic after seeing that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be interesting because obviously, like MP Mosworth, you have two sisters who are quite big in the F four Middle Eastern regional scene um who are gonna who are quite good and obviously some um old w series drivers i think also the fact that we have five teams art campus mp Premier, and carling who are in f2 and f3 they also will provide a lot more support knowledge equipment and tech than i think the previous teams of w series were because a lot of those were, a lot of those teams were x like other team members and everything they've moved over to w series but like they were ran by people that didn't have like the best background in the sport whereas i think this is probably one of the benefits and positives of it is bringing in these historic f2 and f3 teams who are quite successful over the years i'll take prema for example they've won quite a lot they've supported uh drivers into f1 um so i think it'll be a great one 
Um, however, the structure, they it's not announced from my understanding. If a person wins F1 Academy, do they get a seat in F3? Like, can they not compete in F1 Academy anymore? How F3 structure is and how F2 structure is. If you win the championship, you don't. I personally believe because these teams are connected to F3, there should be minimum one seat available next season for whoever wins. So if we take, um, I'm going to say Bianca, so I've, I've interviewed her a few times and I've interacted with her through other um, sport content. If she wins with Prema, she should get an F3 Prema seat for the next season. But there's no one, there's no rules or regulations according to the website, F1 Academy website, which only came about, about like, I think January finally became a website, like on social media. It's like <laughs> absolutely wild. Um, but there's no discussion. And I think that I don't want a repeat of Jamie Chadwick winning all the time and just being stuck there. There needs to be growth. And that's what F1 Academy was meant to be. It's meant to be the fourth tier after Formula Regional, uh, yeah, after Formula Regional, FRACA, F4 and all that. Go to F1 Academy, go to F3, 2 and 1. But just don't know at all. Yeah. It is a it is a tricky one, isn't it? Um, because the thing is, then if like I agree with you, I think there should be a seat available absolutely in a free for the for the winner of the series. But then, who do which team is it for? Who yeah. who do they who do they go to? And without wanting to sound horrible, it was it's most likely the the team that is kind of uh, the team the team well the teams won't want them most of the time, yeah. and it's and it's and it's shocking. And I don't agree with that, but unfortunately, the history of female drivers in F3 is not great. Um, and it's a shame. I I, I mean, Sophia Floresh, she's done amazingly to come back. She's another one. I mean, she had a, if anybody's seen her crash in Macau about three years ago, I think it was. Mm-hmm. To come back from that, like, I can't even watch. I'm just getting goosebumps thinking about it now. And to come back from that and get to F3 again is fantastic. But there's really not many of them. And the only female in F2 that I can think of was um, the Colombian driver. I can't even remember Tatiana Calderon. Tatiana Calderon, who finished behind uh Ranganathan in the championship that season. She, she moved was, to she IndyCar was best, at the same yeah. time though. She did half a season in IndyCar and then moved into F2. So obviously that was a couple of rounds taken back. But I mean even consistency, I think she DNF probably most of her F2 race career um through injuries and she because she had a big crash as well. Yeah, um, yeah that's true. But it still didn't pay the best picture. But I 100% agree. No, I think it's a shame. I, I mean, I wish Jamie Chadwick all the best in IndyCar. I, I'm sure she'll do well. Um, but like you said, it's not an FIA recognised thing. It's different and it's not going to help again to F1. I'd love to see her in F2. I really would do. I think she'd do all right. To be honest with you. I don't think she'd yeah. blow everybody away by any means. There's some supremely talented drivers in there. But for a first season, why the hell could she not do midfield? Exactly. I could easily see that. Oh, 100%. I mean, some of these uh, WC, uh, F1 Academy drivers who were XW Series, they actually did testing um, in F3 cars last season. And some of those times was on par to the consistent F3 drivers at the time. So I don't see why, like, I, I it doesn't bath my mind. Like, if you look at two times, one's better. What makes a difference about gender? Like, that's that's my thinking. Like, you won the best time, regardless of who it is. Like, mm. uh, yeah, I think some of the times was on par or, like, mid mid to, like, bottom third 
to the uh, um, F3 drivers, which obviously they're not used to that style of car as well because W Series car was a different kind of spec compared to F3 cars. But yeah, I mean, they did quite all right with the two, three day testing some of them. So it, it baffles me. It literally baffles me. And I hope it'll be good when the season starts. We'll be covering it on Formula Talk quite often, especially because some of the races will be during awkward times when F2 races or F3 races won't be on. Obviously, F1 will be on most of them, um, if not all of them. So that'll be covered on Grid Talk, but the Formula Talk will probably be discussing it a bit more um, for sure. But I'm hoping for the best. And I think getting these new drivers coming in, some of these seasonal F regional and W series to bring knowledge, bringing in historical teams might support you got FIA backing, which W Series didn't really have backing. So, who knows? Hopefully. <laughs> there are some positives to it, definitely. Like you said, you know, the fact that their teams are also an F2 and F3, it means they're probably not going to go anywhere. They're not their own entity by themselves. So they do have that going for them. But, yeah, um, hope for the best. Prepare for the worst. We'll see what yeah. happens. <laughs> that, sounds me. that sounds like me for the Australia <laughs> Australia <Yeah>. weekend. <laughs> Oh, God. But yeah. So that is episode seven of Formula Talk. We would, if you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love it if you could take five to leave us a five star rating on Spotify or a five star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're one of the 72% of people who have not yet subscribed to the channel, please consider helping us out with a like, subscribe, share, and follow. We'll be back next week to review the Australian Grand Prix. Hopefully, our predictions were quite well. Um, and George, more than welcome to join next week as well to come talk. Hopefully Tom will be with us as well. Uh, and maybe even a new guest as well. And we might be live. We've been saying this every single episode. We want to go live. We've been planning to go live. And I think this probably might be the best time to go live. So stay tuned. So as mentioned, Formula Talk is part of Good Talk. Good Talk is available on YouTube, where most episodes are recorded live, as well as Amazon Fire, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Verbal, and Pocket Cast. Just search F1 Grid Talk, Formula One Grid Talk, sorry, for a back catalog of shows with previews, reactions to qualifying race and race results, and Formula Talk. Please consider supporting the channel on Patreon so we can get mics, lights, and better recording equipment. Also, as mentioned, make sure that you subscribe to the first to know when each new weekly episode is released. We'll be back soon with plenty more Formula Talk content. Thank you for joining me, George. Loved having you. It's been an absolute pleasure, Sophia. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, and you're always welcome, 100%. So great having you on for this episode. Um, But yeah, thank you for listening. And that's the end of Formula Talk. Bye.